0: Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up the block. At the five. At the two. At the one. To the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions.
1: Stafford.
0: Drink it in now.
1: Get up. Stafford throws. It is end zone. Come! Oh baby, what a catch! Kenny got day. You're a freak. What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions. That's right. Cornbread. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in, Detroit Kool-Aid. What is going on, everybody? We are back Friday here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. We are excited to talk Lions. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, Grifka is in the house. And Grifka, it's a Friday. What's up, buddy?
0: Oh, man. TGIF, especially with the nice weather we're supposed to have this weekend. <laughs> Being a holiday weekend. <laughs>
1: about time man how much how many times have we said that like oh you know about to get good weather and here we are in basically june and i've only had a couple good days but uh yeah man i got some travel plans looking forward to seeing uh grandparents other family uh as well as kind of kicking back hopefully in the sun and and doing some work griff could you play any games out uh are you like a horseshoe player washers bags you play any of that because i i know i could probably just Obliterate you in any of those uh, games we play in the summertime.
0: I mean, I like to play a cornhole. That's that's always fun to play. Um, and I play that that ladder ball. I don't know if you know that. You got the three uh, got the three levels with the uh golf balls on the string and you throw them and try to hook them on the different levels
1: yeah. for points. Well, what would you say your quality is? I mean, because uh, you've never played any of those when I'm around. I mean, there's probably, that's probably not a quinky dink, right? Because, you know, I'd absolutely just tear you up. But um, I would absolutely take you on in a game of bags or cornhole or uh, some ladder ball. No doubt about it.
0: Okay, uh, I guess we'll have to set that up then, try to try to work that in. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'd love another uh, W against you like I normally get. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that here now that, like you said, the weather is going to turn, beating the 60s, 70s. That's going to be awesome. What are what are we talking Lions this week uh, for the people?
0: Well, my first question to you, I know we touched on on uh, our last episode and it uh, has to deal with the offensive line. And uh, how you mentioned uh, Ragnall was working at center, as the first shots coming out of the OTA shows him uh, working uh, first team at center. My question to you is, is this something that you think the Lions are trying out for size, see what it looks like? And, um, you know, if obviously he would be the backup if Glasgow went down. Or do you think this is something that Matt Patton and the team is really looking to make it the permanent switch with uh, Ragnall at center and uh, Glasgow over to left guard?
1: Griff, you know how the last couple of weeks when you send me these questions, usually on a Friday, and I ask you, is that a real question? Yeah. I. I'm not going to do that here. I think this is a good question. This is an interesting question. This is one that I'm super intrigued by. So let's get into it. I mean, I saw these pictures of Ragnow and like, I initially just tweeted it out and said, Ragnow, et cetera. Hmm. And a lot of people like liked it and, and responded back. And, uh, you know, inside I knew like, Hey, you know, they're just tinking around with the line. Like they love to cross train. They love to have, you know, versatile players. Isn't that what we hear? So I didn't think too much of it, but then the next day he was there, and then, like, six other pitchers I saw, he was there at center. Um, I think this is intriguing. I think that they could have looked at their line in the offseason and thought, like, okay, we got Frank uh, some time at guard under his belt, but they really think maybe, you know, which I thought when they drafted him, he's a better center, a born center, like, you know, let him work there. So I think this could be more of a overhaul if they see a lot of things they like, if Matt Stafford gets used to them, you know, you'd kind of say, well, we would hate to switch to center and have that, you know, beginning of the season where they're kind of getting used to the cadence, the snaps. But I think if Frank Ragnow is, is marginally better. And also if Glasgow is, is more comfortable or or just as good or better at one of the guard spots, I mean, I'm all for shuffling around trying to find the best mix. So I think it's a, it's a real possibility, and it's also in a very early stage right now. But uh, it's very interesting, I think.
0: Yeah. I know part of it was with Glasgow, uh, you know, when reading, just seeing it. He seemed to call out um, the defense pretty well, like, for the line, to, who to pick up, watching the blitz. I think a lot of that would go into this with Ragnar was able to do that. Um, if, if he's able to, you know, obviously – what the defense is trying to do at the pro level, be able to, you know, give the line calls. I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing coming out of this, at least, you know, starting the OTAs, checking it out. You know, I believe obviously we're going to see it in, um, some of the preseason as well, but it does give, you know, it does give the lines a different look in the offensive line. And yeah, I think it's nice that Glasgow is versatile enough to be, you know, solid at center and solid at, uh, at guard that they can, uh, make those make that switch if they feel it necessary or if it really benefits the offensive line.
1: But, but real quick on Frank too, don't act like uh he's learning line calls and learning X Y and Z from scratch. I mean, that's basically all he did in college. He only played a couple games at guard and then they threw him in the fire at guard and at the pros. So last year was a lot more of a learning curve doing that I think than moving back to where he's more naturally suited. I just I kind of don't like the back and forth is the only thing that worries me because he probably was kind of just getting set with more of a guard type technique and, and feel. And now if you move him back, you know, I don't know if that is better or worse, you know, for the short run, I think for the long run, if you think he's the, the center and the captain basically of your old line there, the sooner, the better you get him there. Um, and also, they, this might be the transition because, yeah, Glasgow's good, but maybe they don't want to pay up and they don't want to keep him. So you get Frank in there and find two guards that can plug holes and move forward with your offensive line for the long term. But uh, I don't know. Very, very interesting the way those five pieces always come together. I mean, we we know you love Taylor Decker out there at left tackle, so nothing to worry about there.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice having Jeff Backus there for so many years in a row.
1: Taylor Decker, man, I think you're great. I, I like you out there. Don't listen to Grifka.
0: I I sure hope we get to see him at training camp just so you can say that to him.
1: <laughs> I will. Here's a nice guy, man. Uh, I'll throw you under the bus to him and see if he slams you.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would just bull rush him and he'd fall over,
1: so it doesn't matter. Please. He, he'd he put you in the ground. <laughs> and I'd yell, oh, baby! <laughs> Grifka's dead. <laughs> okay.
0: Um Next question for you. Um, speaking of uh, OTAs, obviously, uh, Matt Pat said that um, they're looking to get a lot done with this OTA, and it's voluntary, and uh, Slay's not there, and Snacks aren't, is, isn't there for this one either. Um, I guess my question is, I know they're, they're putting everything in, everybody's getting comfortable with each other. Um, without two of the big guys on defense, just how much do you think they're really going to get done? And are you okay with these guys not being there? you know, trying to get, you know, the new guys, the rookies, you know, get more of a team camaraderie together. Um, how, how do you feel about that?
1: All right, Griff, You made it through one question, that I got to go back to the old, the old and trusty. Is this, is this a real question?
0: Of course it is, man.
1: <laughs> Griff, are you trying to make nothing out of these voluntary OTAs and, and make it sound like it's the end of the world? Cause snacks and slay aren't there.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to. You know, I'm getting calls at three in the morning from my insiders, <laughs> insiders. So, uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be that guy.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Man, not to... all sunshines
0: and rainbows down there in Allen Park. <laughs> That's
1: why they're not coming. Gosh, this is this is why the guy from the Free Press is your best friend, isn't it, Griff? You just you you got Dave Burkett written all over you with this type of question. I.
0: This is, this is straight from Kay Adams' tweet, okay? Oh my gosh, here.
1: You know, we, <laughs> we won't go into that. Well, that's one of your favorites. But uh, <laughs> le, let me say this. I mean, I, I, I don't – I never think much about this. Like the only time I ever got worried about these like holdouts and whatnot is back when they had that terrible rookie contract where like you never knew if your top ten or top five pick was going to be – there you know in camp and in the regular season but these non showing up to like workouts i don't even mind it like the top stars because i think as long as they're out working with their own trainers and doing their own thing i think that's almost better because somebody made the point the other day they were like it was an old nfl player too probably on like nfl network he was like you know when you come to these otas like they're running you through all the same drills whereas like when you're with your own trainer they're doing things specific to you so it can actually be beneficial because sometimes you're just waiting in lines, you know, for drills and you're doing the same dumb stuff you always do rather than really specific speed drills or strength and conditioning that fit, you know, if you're a cornerback or, you know, an old lineman, there's specific things you want to do. So I have no issue with these guys, not there. I mean, I have no issue with them, like maybe wanting an extension either, but um, as long as they're there, you know, for the mandatory. And then once we get to camp, there's no holdouts. Like, it's a non issue to me
0: yeah just uh these guys snacks like, they've been around the block they know they know what to do they know to uh you know how, how to work out how to come into camp you know in shape and uh, just uh it really gives the other guys competing for spots just a little more time obviously they're going to get a lot of time in training camp as well but going into training camp you know come august it'll be a little more slotted and slaying snacks no they're they're, they know where they're at they know who they are they know they're going to be on the field come the first game you know starting so i don't really see anything you know with this either i got
1: a i got a counter question to you sure you're the you're the biggest darius slay honk on this show you've touted that you knew he's going to be good from the get-go what'd you do shake his hand at training camp grifco you want to tell that story again
0: yeah man i just uh he was going around handing out autographs and you were all like i don't want his autograph because he's gonna be terrible and i'm like you we'll gonna be good and he's like and he just walked up i'm like hey man can i just shake your hand and he's just like yeah i'm like hey you're gonna be good he's like and he's like thanks and he has he obviously listened to me he, he obviously knew i was a soothsayer so hey everybody everybody remember i'm the one who said that thank you very much yeah. Derek uh-huh. thought he was going to be terrible, but now this guy's making the Pro Bowl. He might as well start carving his for can, right? <laughs> all
1: right. So I let you get your non-humble brag in there. Self-gloss. My question to you is, is, so Slay re-upped a few years ago for some pretty decent money, but as we all know, this is why I laugh at people too, when like new contracts get signed and everybody freaks out because they have no foresight to know that in like, Six months or a calendar year, that contract's going to look amazing, you know, that they're freaking out about. So they signed him and to a good amount of money. Now he's a pretty cheap corner. I think the numbers were like 10 to 12 million this year and eight to 10 next, you know. um w- Would you extend this guy? I mean, uh, I'm not exactly sure in his age. I want to say he's in his upper 20s, you know, probably 27 ish. uh w- Would you give him more years here? I mean, obviously he's been great the last bunch here in Detroit, but. Um, you going to extend, Slay?
0: Yeah, if I, if I could add a few more years on the end of his contract. I mean, they're sitting on this money, and obviously, like we have talked before, ding, that uh, the uh, salary cap will go up. So whenever, like you said, people freak out, why are you doing this? Oh, my gosh. It's just, I, I don't think he's one of those guys. He just doesn't seem like one of those guys who got paid and is going to sit on his laurels. He wants to go out there and always compete. I mean, we've seen it in the past, you know, with players, once they get paid, they, it seems like their game goes, goes down a little bit, but yeah, if you could lock this guy up, I mean, he wants to be the best. He touts it, you know, I would add a few more years onto his contract.
1: Okay. And snacks isn't as much of your boy, but I, where do you sit on that right now here in late May?
0: Yeah, um, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Like we, you, you brought this up before and I went, I shot a little long on the years, but, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, probably with his age where he's been just maybe another couple years even though defensive linemen, you know, especially the way he plays, those guys can generally play a little longer um simply because what what the role is. They're space eaters. They're not guys that are that are not, you know, trying to get to the quarterback where that uh that drop off is, is more noticeable as opposed to somebody who's just a space eater. You know, Vince Wolf played a long time, many years and was still real dominant and people were saying he could still play another year or two at the end of his career and he was just ready to hang it up. So Yeah. Um but yeah, just like if if they went a couple more years on snacks, I'd be okay with that as well. Once again, money wise you'd have to look at that as well. That that wouldn't be one of those things I'd look to break the Break the bank on him
1: Okay so classic Grifka I mean just wants to bring him back because they're good players Now the GM Which is me on the show um, You know I would probably Slay has not only produced And been really solid but I mean he has been a kind of a Quiet team leader good guy um, On all types of levels So I mean if he wanted a, another Couple years I would probably consider it Based on his age a um, as much as I love Snacks and as much as he's totally impacting our team, I, I don't know. That's such a tough one because you don't want to make the guy mad, you know, by kind of stringing him out. But I don't know that I'd be willing to give him an, a new re-up for real top end money um, unless it was one to two years at most, you know, at a at a decent number too. like I'm not raising him up much more than he's making now over that 10 million ish range and it would only be for a year or two so that's where i sit with both of them but you know i think they'll both be in here i think bob quinn has the resources to extend if he wants but those are tough decisions man they really are
0: okay um i just got uh, one more quick question for you i know i teased this on the last episode about otas and how guys are having having a uh good ota i'm gonna bring the name up i just want to hear i just want to hear what uh what you think about him from everything i'm reading and seeing that uh Keith Tabor's having a really good OTA. Had a few interceptions this week. He's looking good. Maybe his breakout year? Uh,
1: how, does, how does it go at the end of our shows normally? Uh, nope. <laughs> 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 Uh, it, it was so crazy because, like, I'm watching that first OTA video. You know, it's like a kid at Christmas. Like, we finally have our guys out in, in helmets and, and jerseys and shorts. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to check this out. And like, the 10 seconds into the video, it's, It's good old 31 tease boy picking a ball and going to the house with it. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So I I tweeted out, you know, everybody's like, oh, look at him, you know. Uh, Some people were like, okay, he's made one in OTAs. Will he ever get one in a real game, you know? Um (laughs) And sure enough, the son of a gun comes back in day two and does the same thing again. Now, day two, I was a little bit more annoyed because it got reported that it was uh, on a Matt Stafford ball. And if you watch it closely, like it was pretty terrible. He just basically threw it right to him. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need that from good old number nine. But uh, I did have one of the greatest lines. Griff. I don't know if you caught it on Twitter when I saw that second one and people were shouting us out, going like, oh, man, two in a row. What about that? I was like, don't tease me, bro. (laughs) <laughs> that had so many, had so many underlying good lines uh, and double meanings to it. It was awesome. So, uh, man, T's living up to that name in more ways than one, no doubt. I, yeah, I, just, I just don't uh, see it. I
0: think, I, I think he's getting more comfortable, but still, I wouldn't trust him out there. I mean, like you said, this is this is practice. We're talking about practice,
1: not the game. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, that's all. That's all I got on OTA, o, OTAs. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to a couple other questions here.
1: Hold, hold on, before we move on, Grifcar, are we going to get to TD Hawkinson at some point? Because uh, you know, I know you try to avoid him at all costs and think he's basically a, a bum NFL backup. But I'd like to talk about our number eight pick at some point. Can we do that? Sure. Go.
0: I mean, if you want, if you have a question, I, I really don't have one as of yet. I mean, I've I I want to see a little more out of him. uh,
1: Okay, yeah. uh, Before we get to your other uh, questions that you've so greatly prepared, let's talk about TJ, a.k.a. TD Hawkinson, here in the first two days at camp. Grifka, did you catch any of those pictures I sent you where he's toe-tapping, he's catching the ball in the back of the end zone? I think there was one he's uh, jumping up uh, high five. He's got some ups. I mean, uh, you've been reading that this guy has just been an absolute nightmare in the red zone and just kind of living up to all all expectations i mean did you miss any of this or you got anything to say for yourself i know yeah, it's let, early yeah.
0: yeah hold on one second i think i have to go in my delorean here really quick and go about back about five seconds where i'm like we're talking about practice
1: not the game we're talking about practice <laughs> well, so, it, how many gigawatts is the delorean again how is it uh 1.21 <laughs> gigawatts <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, let's get out of the DeLorean. Let's get into reality, which is you've been hating on this guy since the day he got drafted. Yeah, it's only day two of OTAs. But the fact that not only he's showing up, that Matt Stafford is getting comfortable with him getting in the football. I mean, for you to just like brush this off, like it's nothing when if it was one of your guys, you know, you'd be loving him. Like I said, this wasn't my top pick. But if he's in here making plays and hard to guard, you know, and it's basically his second practice ever in the NFL. I think that's a good sign, man. I think we may have a very humble, meat and potatoes, really good football player at the tight end position, which we have not had in my lifetime as a Lions fan. I mean,
0: yeah, we haven't had one of those in a awful long time. I mean, I mean, be, me being a Lions fan for as long as I can remember, I mean, I can't remember any great tight ends that they've had. I mean... I mean, everybody liked David Sloan, but that guy had stone hands, too. But
1: <laughs> Okay, yeah. so what I'm telling you is don't avoid him every show. Don't pretend like any of these things coming out aren't good because there's a chance, Griff, I know you don't want to admit it. This guy not only could be good, he could be much better than all these other random tight ends you like to pr- make him out. Oh, he's he's Dustin Keller, right? Like, you, <laughs> you, you just throw out these idiots that blew out of the league just because you hate tight ends and hate tight ends in the top ten, but... Hey, maybe there's a chance this guy is really good and is going to really be great on a, in our offense. You ever thought of that? Because I'm going to bang on you all off season about it until you sure. admit yeah, there's it.
0: Possibility, but for all the people that are expecting to do something as rookie year, I mean, it just it's it, rookie tight ends don't put up good stats. So,
1: <laughs> okay, you, you can move on now. I'm sure I'll get back to TD Hawkinson at some other point.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about him. You know, next week. So, okay. <laughs> Uh, first question for you. I mean, uh, you, you know, I'd love to talk about the four letter network, how much they love our <laughs> Detroit lions. I'm sure you heard my diatribe, you know, on my episode, uh, last week, but, uh, one of their analysts actually said the Detroit lions were the most improved team in the NFC North, you know, naturally. I mean, still the, I think, I believe he had them coming in last place, but still, I mean, <laughs> he, said they, he said they were the most improved. So, uh, my question to you is, I mean, obviously we are on the Kool-Aid cast, but uh, is there, are they the most improved by leaps and bounds? I mean, have they taken a giant step to, to to reach these other teams? Or is it one of those things, yeah, they're the most improved, but still they have a long way to go to catch the Bears, the Packers? You know. Where do you see them at with uh, off-season improvements? Are they nudging there? And do you agree that, I guess my biggest question, do you agree that they're the most improved team in the NFC North, if not the NFC itself?
1: All right, well, Grifka, there's a few layers to this question, but the reason I love it is because, like, the way you teed it up, this is one of the few times where you, Grifka, find an article or something that somebody says about our team that's positive and want to talk about it rather than where you – they say one thing that's not great and you – I mean, it's not that great. And you, <laughs> you, you, you go on some diatribe about how we get no respect and they hate the Lions. And then what do you always talk about those teams the NFL loves? What are those again? Oh, I got, gosh, the Packers are one of them, the
0: Steelers, the Patriots. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, <it's> the Cowboys. <laughs> right, so so finally you found a good thing. Now, I don't know if your head's been buried in the sand, but, like, the guys on Good Morning Football, isn't there somebody you like on that show, Grifka, as well? Yeah,
0: I'm a big, you know, uh, K. Adams fan. You know, <laughs> she, she makes that show worth watching.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, She's very Adam. knowledgeable. I mean, no Tori Petri, but I mean, she's not bad, Uh, but she
0: she can speak Polish and me being Polish, you know, one of my (laughs) heritage. (laughs) So right there, man.
1: She's not bad. I, uh, I love Nate Burleson repping. He gets a little uh, crazy, but he's funny. And then uh, Kyle Brandt from the Jim Rome show is uh, always funny on there too. But Kyle Brandt, man, he stepped up and he said the Lions are going to win the NFC North. And he said, you know why? Because they beefed up on defense and they have a run game and an offensive line and that just blew my mind of like I was watching him and I was just thinking, has anyone ever put those three thing together that the lions were going to basically go from worst to first. And the reason they were going to do it is because they had big physical football players on defense and they were going to run the ball and block people with their offensive line. It was just like bizarro land. I was just like, <laughs> man, I, I want that so badly. Um, so there was him, and then there was one other person, I want to say, uh, on NFL Network as well that picked the Lions to uh, be the surprise team and, and make some noise. So, I mean, I, there's some buzz out there for this team. So I uh, I think they're very much improved. I think we still have no idea what Trey Flowers can and will be for this team just because we really have not brought in a free agent like him. And, again, I, I couldn't tell you the last time a premier guy in his mid to early 20s at a position of value like that has come in. And, uh, you know, we're, I think we're just selling short, you know, like, hey, we were the worst in the in the nickel. Now we have a great nickel. Like we have been bad sort of on the edges. Uh, now we've increased those um, opportunities as well as we have run and hit type safeties. Uh, on offense, we added a, a premier top of the line, Griffka, an absolute uh, game changer at tight end, right? um and, yeah
0: Jesse James man be-
1: <laughs> and we've uh I mean we we have not even seen I mean what did we get maybe like really six games in a row where carry on was not only there but was actually you know getting more more opportunities and all that so I think there's so many levels where we've got better and and as we've kind of said I mean it kind of does come down to the quarterback but Yeah, I think the Lions are much, much improved at lots of different levels, and it's just going to depend if they can have that mental toughness and if they can put up those W's. I mean, again, it's not an easy schedule, but I think the talent is much improved. It's young. It's under contract, and uh, this is where I think we have to make a run. You know, we not only have to get better this year and, and challenge for that division, but, if we come up short for whatever reason, like the next two to two to three years after that, we got to be rolling, man. This is a a team I think that can win and can, can surprise some people.
0: Yeah. I'm, I I know you don't want me to just restate your answer. So I'm not going to, I think the biggest thing with this team is that the, (laughs) that the window is, you always hear like the team's windows closing, you know, teams, all their windows closing. I think this team's windows opening. Like you said, they got young talent At um, New coach, you know, coaching staff, it's second year. So uh, I, I believe this, this window is opening. So to make the jump from worst to first, it is a distinct possibility
1: with this team. Man, Griff, one, one of your better comebacks where you sort of agreed with me, which the people think is funny and let me use the bell. You didn't repeat everything I said, which I gave you credit and another bell for. And you summarized um, that comeback very succinctly. I, that was tremendous. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: That's what we're looking for right here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay, hold on one second. I have to go to the corner of the room and uh, get my soapbox for this uh, lap. So yeah, yeah. I, just, I just had a good take, just found a good article and talked about it. And naturally me, being who I am, I found the article uh. that set me off. How in the heck are the Lions only favored in two games right now? With I'm not even talking Arizona. They're not even favored in the Arizona game. That is a pick'em game right now in Las Vegas. The only games they're favored in right now are the Giants <laughs> and the Buccaneers. How is that?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, again, I, I bang on you for getting upset, but I, I, I kind of think this one's valid. I, I did not know this. I know there was something crazy. I was going to bring it up on the show. Somebody put out a uh, a matrix of some sort that was like a prediction for every NFL game this year. And I was like, I can't even understand how people would put that together at this point in May. But um, it had all the predictions, and I think it had the Lions, like, tying a game, and it had them losing – if I have this right, it had them losing like six or seven games all by one point. It was like really um, <laughs> okay, uh, okay Vegas. Who came up with that one to to fudge the numbers? But um, yeah, man, if if they're only favored against the Giants and Buccaneers and and they have a you know a, a coin flip against the Cardinals and crap like that, it's kind of like. I mean, I'm always a proponent that not only is the NFL a lot harder than I think we make it out to be, where people just think, oh, that's W, that's W. You know, you hear me going uh, with the positive spin of, like, they should win X amount of games. I feel like every NFL game kind of comes down to who's healthy, who's not, who has the ball last, like, you know, who gets a break or two, maybe a turnover. Like, they're really all pickums in in most circumstances, but Yeah, I mean, for the Lions to not only be favored, but for people to think, you know, I'm hearing these four wins, five wins. Like, I remember last year, remember we had that talk where we were like, if they won six games, would that piss you off? And you and Hughes were like, oh, I'd be be so mad. Like, I would just, uh, I can't, that, that would be unexcusable. And I was like, I could see it because they're bringing in a whole new coaching staff and they really were turning over some talent, you know, things like that. Um, And sure enough, you know, they won six, but if they came out and won six or less this year, yeah, you'll hear quite a rant from me on this show um, going off on a whole bunch of levels. So I I think the Lions will win and be favored in a lot more games than that. And I, I do think this is that disrespect card that you always talk about or. Just people not, like, giving us any credit for what we did this offseason. Like, we brought in top-end guys, guys that were young, guys that can make plays. I mean, it's going to show up on Sundays, I guarantee it. We're going to have a ferocious defense. And uh, with Matt Stafford having a bounce back, like, I could see us being top 12 in the league in points and, and offense as well.
0: Yeah, that would be nice, top twelve, especially um, if they're looking to do more of the ground and pound, control the clock type game. You know, if they can put drives together, you know, jam the ball down the throne and touchdowns. I mean, that would, that would definitely, uh, definitely take this team a long way this year. Um, okay, Derek, uh, I know you teased it last episode. We had some some questions from uh, from Frank, so we got a little time left here. Uh, how about uh, how about you bust a few of those out and we answer them for him?
1: Yeah, man, let's do that. Frank, uh, Frank Ribble, again, uh, everybody knows him on Twitter. I know after we, we pubbed his, uh, um, call, you know, I was able to get some of our callers on the show. Again, we're always looking for more, uh, phone calls, more tweets, more questions, but, uh, Frank found it fun that we got him on the show. You know, he's talking about his, uh, Mountain Dew spiked Kool-Aid. He called you out for a couple of things, which I thought was cool. And, uh, so he got after and sent us some questions as well as, uh, you know, trying to get others to step up to the plate as well. So let's go ahead and get him on here and answer a few of these. I just picked out a couple. I know he sent us some other ones as well, as well as some other folks. So we'll try to spread these out the next uh, few weeks. But uh, the first question here, Griffith, from Frank. He says, uh, is Patricia going to find a way to get Austin Bryant on the field? And then he quoted uh, Joe Marino, who I know from uh, the Draft Network. Um where uh let me see one second. What did Joe Marino said? He said um Joe Marino of the Draft Network said with time in an NFL strength and conditioning program, perhaps there is more room for growth athletically and strength wise for Bryant. Absent of that, Bryant is likely to be a depth and rotational player. So do you think Matt Pat will find a way to utilize this guy? I mean, they did call him a linebacker, so it would really be interesting to see not only how he plays, but where he plays. Um, what are your thoughts on on those those things?
0: Yeah, he's definitely got a plan for him. I, I I could see this year kind of being like the developmental one, and next year he finds a starting role. I don't know what position at linebacker. I think he's going to have to be kind of like that rush linebacker You know, kind of like what they do with Kennard right now, but Kennard's going to be here for a few more years. Obviously, with where he played in college, being on the defensive line, he might be, you know, they might be grooming him to replace O'Quara. So uh, so I I know you like O'Quara and like what he did and want to see him play a little more, but that might be one of those competitions where to get him on the field, he may be uh, the guy to push (laughs) O'Quara.
1: See Griffin I got I got issues with your take there. I mean, again, I banged on you for riding bicycles and building sandcastles during the draft, but Austin Bryant to me is a he's a long kind of bigger athlete, like 6'5, 265, like you know, I'll be surprised if he plays the you know, that canard role just because of his movement, skills overall. I mean, I like him more as that long rotational defensive end. Um, like an Aquara, you know, where he can, uh, you know, play either side. He can hold up against the run. He can make some splash plays when needed. I mean, Aquara is like 22, 24 years old, something like that. I mean, we just got him. I don't see them grooming anybody to take his place or moving him out of here. They, they've they obviously shown they want to keep this guy. Um, so I think Austin Bryant was a good pick just because he's similar to some of those guys, but he adds depth as well as like, um, Joe Marino kind of said, you know, he can get stronger. He can be in a program and see what his upside is. Cause this guy might have better upside than most people think, or even if he's just a really good depth rotational piece, as he said, I mean, we need those as well. So I'm a, uh, I'm all for this guy. I think he is not only going to be fun to watch to see what we have, but you know, what is his ceiling will be uh, kind of crucial to where he plays and how much. So, um,
0: well, I like that. My point is with that, I mean, if they're gonna if they announce him as a linebacker, that's he, he would have to play that position that Kennard plays. He's not gonna play the he's not a weak side linebacker. He's not fast enough to be the weak side linebacker. So that's that, that would be my point if that's where they're gonna play him at linebacker.
1: Well I agree, but I'm saying that yeah, they announced him as that and yeah, that's where he would be, but I think you'll see him more. You know, again, we, we don't have a another guy opposite of Flowers on the defensive end, so I I would think he'd be down there a little bit more than standing up as a linebacker, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. So I think it's a good point by Frank and a good question to keep our eye on, no doubt about it. Um the second question he had, so he put, Will Travis Fulgham's blocking be enough to get him some snaps or even help him make the roster? And then he quotes uh Brad Kelly who said uh, um, he said that Fulgham in, in regards to his blocking is potentially the best stock blocker among all the wide receivers in this year's draft class. Like I didn't know that actually um, coming into the draft. You know, once they took this guy, I went back and read up on um, the funny thing about Travis Fulgham, too. I got to give uh, credit and a little shout out. We try to shout him out on the show. I didn't really realize it, but I remember Big Hughes, during the combine, he sent me a message and said, what do you think about this Fulgham kid out of Old Dominion? He looks like a smooth, good athlete. And I was like, ah, you know, Old Dominion, I don't know. I hadn't really done a bunch of work on him. But after the Lions took him, you know, I go watch his highlights, and I did read this, that he's an absolute nasty blocker. I mean, what do you think, Grifko? Do you think blocking can really help this guy? I mean more so than his blocking. I loved his ball skills, his ability to catch and, and get after it after he caught it. it looked like a, a Kenny G light to me uh, when I watched him, uh, you know, maybe he needs some development, some time, but uh, you think blocking could help him. And then did you know that he was this beast in the, in the run game in regards to blocking?
0: Uh, no, I did not know that, that he was a blocking beast. But if you ask any offensive coordinator, any wide receivers coach, they one thing that really bugs him is when kind of wide receivers kind of refuse the block or they just kind of half heart it because it's blocks like that, that spring, your running back downfield where they're able to drive a guy where they're able to sustain a block where the running back is able to pick, you know, pick which way to cut and go off that. So I think that's going to mean an awful lot for him and, you know, let him develop a year or two and then he becomes that guy because that skill, if, if you're good at it, it's it's like it's kind of like a running back picking up a blitz. You got to have the want to do it. You got to be willing to do that. So if he's willing to do that, that's that drive is always going to be with him. He'll never lose that. So that will definitely help him get on the field.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I I really think this guy has some you know, we don't have much behind our top three receivers. So, I mean, I'm hoping that Fulham can be a, a number four five type guy with not only this help in the blocking game, but can also add some juice in the red zone and, and maybe just be a, a nice, smooth, big athlete. I mean, I think he's six three, two hundred and ten 210 pounds, put on a little bit, even more weight. I mean, he's a pretty big, lanky guy. So, you know, hopefully he shows out. We can give Hughes credit for that. Um, and uh, look forward to seeing this guy in camp as well. Frank uh, had another question here. He said, um, "Do you think cornerback Rashad Melvin is an underrated signing?" Listening to Rashad Melvin's interview on Lions.com. Oh man, he drops a grifkism. That's great stuff. Thank you, Frank. He says, "Listening to Rashad Melvin's interview on Lions.com, he has me stoked." <laughs> Uh, he sounds like he's ready to ball. I mean, what do you think? We talked about him, uh, yesterday. I should let you say that. So I give you a bell referencing a previous show, but, uh, we we liked his interview too. And I remember writing him off kind of in the beginning, but the more I read and see and hear about him, this guy could be, uh, the, the stop, the starter opposite of slay early and, uh, and add depth to that cornerback position.
0: Yeah, here, I'll do it for you just so you can get the bell out. I believe on a previous show, (laughs) I had, uh, I mentioned that, uh, I I thought he, you know, could be the surprise, the surprise starter on the other side. And, um, however, he said, you know, we obviously Matt Patricia, he's, you know, he's worked with him before, you know, Patricia was coach in new England, the scheme that Patricia runs fits his abilities better. And, uh. Yeah, I mean, he's happy to be here. Like you said, you know, sometimes he just might be happy because you're on a team. But uh, it's one of those things. If he's comfortable with the coach, the coach knows what to expect at him, and he can and definitely uh, perform to that ability that the coach believes he can. Then, uh, yeah, this could be a, a very underrated signing.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what Melvin has. That'll be good. So uh, one more here, um, sent in by Frank. Again, we got other questions. We we love more and more. This one says, uh, should Quinn give Snacks and Slay new contracts with two years left on their deals? Um, Dave Burkett reported both are not participating in OTA. Um, it, I, I got to read Frank's questions a little bit uh, closer before because this one wouldn't have been read for a couple reasons. One, we talked about this on a on the Wednesday show, and two, anytime you put Dave Burkett in a question, I mean that's getting crumpled up like Jim Rome, where he just crumples up the paper. Here, uh, actually, I'll do it right here for Frank. Frank, you know what I think about this question because you referenced the guy we shall not reference on this show unless we're making fun of him, David Burkett. There, you hear that? That's your question going right in the trash. (laughs) You can speak on it if you'd like, Grifka. We talked about it, and Dave Burkett is not part of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast unless somebody's making fun of him.
0: Well, Frank, thanks for the question, man. Much love.
1: There you go. Frank actually had a baseball thing that he threw at me about one of the lions down at hidden batting practice. And I said, Frank, you know, we don't talk about baseball. That's like rule number two on this show. So anyway, uh, yeah, we, we talked about the contracts and if we'd extend them, what we think about it. So like you say, I need to do a little bit better proofreading. I would have, I would have extended that one, but the other three good questions, fun to talk about. And like you say, we're getting more and more every week, and uh, we try to put things out there just saying, like, hey, guys, don't forget to send us questions. We want to talk about what you want to hear. Um, sometimes we need you guys just take that initiative and send us stuff early on in the week. That way we can read them through, get them ready, and uh, make sure we try to get them on the show. We love your voices and your questions on the Detroit kool cast, no doubt about it. I mean, there's only so much Grifka we can take, right?
0: Yeah, I'll talk myself out. <laughs>
1: so what else we got Griff? you got anything else for today
0: Uh,
1: nope <laughs> that was perfect that was like not even the ending but it might as well be now because uh, that's that's how we do it here on the Kool-Aid cast so uh, with, with that being said with Griff's famous tagline to kind of close up the show let's go ahead and get out of here um, two good shows this week uh, again thanks for bearing with us as we did a couple solo shows last week I got a bonus show in which was fun um, we really hope you guys will keep supporting uh, the show as well as it really helps us when you kind of listen through to those sponsors. And then don't just skip over those because there's one of the new sponsors tells you all about how you can um, hit a button on a, your favorite podcast app. And it will take you where you can leave a voicemail right into our podcast app. Basically, it makes it a lot easier for us to add you to the show. Um, but we still want you to call that uh, Kool Aid Cast line too. Which Grifka, you gotta, you gotta promote this number and learn it. Uh, do you know it, or do do I have to tell it to you?
0: You got. I, I don't even know my own phone's phone number, man. I don't call my own phone. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. See what I deal with here, people. I mean, I'm I'm doing the promos. I'm thanking everybody. I got all the stuff. Grifka just shows up twice a week, and and that's about it. So
0: my it, face is on the billboard. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh,
1: everybody that Detroit Kool-Aid cast listener line once again is 989-272 Kevin Smith Herman Moore (laughs) or for those of you that like numbers 989-272-3484 so please hit that up Uh, I did put on my bonus show if you haven't heard it go back and listen Paul from uh, Tampa left us a call where he was in and out in about 45 seconds Uh, Griff could did I just say, in and out? Yep. Does that does that reference something from a previous show that you want to maybe give to the people? No. Nope. Like a like like a little Tim line that maybe the people want to hear you do? Oh, kidding!
0: Yeah, I was even thinking little Tim, man. I have to go find him on a corner in Detroit rapping. He can
1: <laughs> rap bad on people. Don't the shelter? So I I hit it on my other shows because again I, I'm just. I'm just smarter than griffith What can I say? Um, look, like Paul, he got in and got out. <laughs> <laughs> but in like forty five seconds he uh he dropped a bomb on Griffka, talked all about him skipping the draft, Talked about Martha Ford at the Sunglasses Hut and all types of other good stuff. So that's what we want. I mean we want calls from you guys that make us laugh and that talk about the Lions and have a bunch of fun with the show. That's why me and could do it. We are the Detroit Lions fans podcast. Two fans talking to the fans for the fans. Um and with that being said, Griffka because I went on for a few more minutes, I'm going to tee it up again. Um, now that I've said all that, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. <laughs> all right. Uh, just kidding around, but thank you guys so much. Uh, two shows this week. Who knows if we'll drop another bonus show or what will happen with our Lions. Um, it's just OTAs, but... Any, any day something could happen with this team, and we'll be talking all about it right here. So um, take care, everybody. We hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the uh, holiday coming up, the extended uh, holiday. Hopefully have some time off and soak up the sun. And we'll be back uh, next week talking all things Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. Back the bags, start the play. Drink it in, man.